Welcome to the FinOps Fridays podcast, where we discuss all things FinOps. It's an educational resource to help you learn and build your capability in all things FinOps. We're also here to have fun, so we'll make it entertaining, have a few laughs, and share a few stories. All right, and welcome back to the second part of our discussion here with Ashley. We're here talking all things talent. Um, D&I, diversity and inclusion. This is a bit of a, a unique topic for FinOps, uh, working with teams over my career, attending events in the technical field. I see, I, I dare say some progress in, in terms of D&I. I don't think we need where we need to be in terms of the end goal, but compared to other cloud roles, um, FinOps seems to be a field that is showing a lot of uh, promise from a DNI perspective. Um, Ashley, what have you seen uh, in your experience, um, and do, do you think we're seeing a bit better um, DNI across the board? Yeah, it's a really good question, and it's definitely something like as a foundation we kind of keep our eye on as well. And um, obviously, I have a little bit of um, you know a passion for making sure we are getting more women in this field. Um, I would say, you know, we look at, you know, especially in the U.S., um, most women navigate towards like teachers and any like personal care type of jobs. And I think the reason behind that is because it, it, it really amplifies their softer skills, right? And that's the one thing that I think FinOps can also bring is you have to have really good soft skills. You have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to have courageous conversations with engineers. Um, and, and, and you have to be able to kind of balance that a little bit with what needs to be done and, and what can be done. And so for me, I see it as a good um, a good place for women to come in and, and really already hone into the soft skills that they're really good at. And I think on the technical end, I mean, I gave my story, you know, eight, you know, eight years ago, roughly, I heard the word cloud for the first time, right? Um, I think that this field is complex, tedious at times, um, but it is teachable. And so that's something that I find really encouraging as well. I also think there's so many capabilities that people can excel in. So like maybe forecasting is your jam because you you, you like finance so much, or maybe running an education initiative program um, is something that you find passion in. Maybe you really want to get into BI development and you can be kind of coached and mentored to do that. So that's, that's what I like about it. And I think that's why it's good for women. I will say though, there are always obstacles to overcome. And so um, I think we need more women to inspire to in this field. Um, we recently did a women in FinOps um, meetup and Alex Head from AWS presented at that. And that was really powerful to hear her story. And so I think we need to hear more of that in this space. Um, we need more mentorship and especially men being allies to help to help mentor um, um, women is important. Pay uh, transparency, uh, that was one of the things I was excited about that we did tackle and share pay. Um, I think also, you know, women sometimes aren't offered the affordability to work overtime. I heard this a lot when I was working with SRE or DevOps uh, engineers and um, they couldn't, you know, as a mother or someone that's dealing with most of the chore work, they couldn't really spend an extra couple hours at night learning a new code language or, you know, being on call is a hard thing to do um, for a female as well. And so that's the nice thing with FinOps. We always say nothing's an emergency, right? So you really shouldn't be on call on FinOps. So that makes it a great field. Um, and I think the other thing is just to know that there's such a demand, like demand and supply issue right now in this field where it, we just need more finance practitioners, need more, need more people understanding this, um, that that should really encourage women to apply that tend to sometimes not apply because they don't think they're qualified based on everything that was put into 
um, the job listing. So those are things we still need to overcome, but I'm encouraged by at least what I'm seeing already. I think on the flip side, um, this thing is ramping up globally, and that is something that um, we're spending a lot of time focusing on. I love the series you know, that you've done around the global um, FinOps Friday, uh, because we can learn from each other. Around the globe, people are tackling FinOps in kind of a different way with a different flavor. I think that's really important. Even within our community, our APAC community is about 15%, so that's a number that you know we're hyper-focused on growing this next year so we can help more people. Nice, nice. And I mean, myself, I was a TAM, technical account manager, as a previous role, which was good for me because it was that balance between I can solve this problem in a technical way or a business way by working with people. Those soft skills was a beautiful mix for me. And I think FinOps is the same. You've got that ability. You can play with a bit of tech or answer some questions or, you know, if you are not technically inclined, you've got those people and then you can still be very effective by, by working on the business aspect of it. Um, an interesting uh, sort of touching on that gender diversity as well. We were sort of talking in terms of the talent pool that's now open. And I think this is something that is absolutely key and critical. We've spoken before about the amount of experience you need. You don't need to be a 10 year veteran to be effective in FinOps. You can be highly effective with very minimal tenure or experience. Um, education, again, you don't need to have a whole heap of certifications. So you've got this sort of magic mix where you don't need a huge amount of knowledge, experience, tenure. And if people don't need a full-time FinOps person, only need a FinOps person two times a week, things like return to work mothers. There mm -hmm. is an enormous pool of talent you can access that no one else can access. So from things like that, um, I, again, like, yes, I, I see this as being a, a massive and a great industry for so many different people to be able to get into. Uh, two days a week, not a lot of experience. Yeah, I can do that. Bang, there's your FinOps person. Um, it's a great way to get other talent from elsewhere. I love um, that. I hadn't thought about that element that you said that, you know, leverage that part time. Um, I think we are hearing from a lot of organizations talking about reskilling. And I think in this, you know, the way the economy is, if if you're not thinking about how you're training your staff and how you're reskilling them, you are probably going to be losing them. And so the, um, this is a great thing that I think organizations should lean into, too. And is there, um, you know, we, we, yeah, in, in terms of that talent pool, We've spoken about tech people. Is there other related fields outside of tech that people should look to jump across? Things like finance, things like accounting. Are there similar roles in other industry verticals that, hey, jump across to FinOps. You've got a lot of the skill and obviously things like finance. You've got that skill and that base. Add a bit of cloud to it and you're going to be having a great career. Yep, exactly. We, we're, we've seen even just in the last week some post, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a, a finance or finance analyst and I'm looking to get into FinOps like I'm looking to make this leap how do I do that and then so um, we definitely see that project management's another good one um, I follow um, Society of Women in Engineering uh, channel and there are some new grads that are kind of struggling to land their first job out of college right again going back to the economy being rough and I think them getting into FinOps and getting that perspective early on um, whether they you know go back into engineering or, or stay more in that field I think it's a it's a good uh, place to start as well. That's an interesting, it's a good entry point because it gives you exposure to many different roles. You're going to be working with all the different teams. So it's going to give you exposure to those teams. So as a first job out of college university, it's a great one because of the exposure as well versus, Hey, if I'm going into to coding DevOps, well, I'm just technically 
surrounded with tech people. Yeah, and I don't want to undermine like the fact of the, the visibility you have in this type of role. I mean, like I said, you're presenting to a CTO or maybe you're talking to a VP of product management. Like, um, you know, not everyone gets to do that on a regular basis and get, you know, half an hour, 30 minutes of time. And so it does give a lot of visibility to your own brand that you're trying to build. Yeah, nice. I, I can't believe how much we're selling FitOps to ourselves at the moment. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, d and um, it's great to build teams and also, you know, what I was manager before, and I always focused on that, you know, I want to build a team that's going to actually build the people inside that team. d is great for that. Having differences in the team does give some tension at times, but it also helps build the people that are in the team. Do you think the higher levels of d and FinOps has had an impact to the evolution of the organization? Do you think it is such a good, solid, prominent role because it's got that inclusion, it's got that diversity in it from all aspects? Yeah, that's a good question. I wish I could say that FinOps is going to solve all of our DEI <laughs> problems in tech, but it's probably it's probably not. Um, you know, we're still seeing a lot of tech careers um, be about 37% women. And um, I, I think there's been a lot of things that have been done with DEI in general, like changing the way um, managers are being retrained on, retrained on hiring. I know that was an important aspect that I went through some retraining as a manager. Um, I think internships are popular again and that's coming back and that's another great way to introduce and infuse more DEI we're starting to see FinOps internship startups so um, I, I don't know that FinOps is going to be the thing that's going to sway the number but I'm encouraged that it, it's another field out there that people feel like they can resonate um, that, that maybe have more diversity nice nice uh, and we've touched on this a little bit um, I think it's pretty clear that FitOps is an awesome place to be, speaking to FitOps people here. Um, how do people get into the field? Uh, can you share, share some insights that you personally have seen or you've heard of through the foundation uh, on a good way to get into FinOps, you know, straight out of school, early stages of the career, return to work? Uh, what are those sort of entry points to be able to get into FinOps? That's a good question. So um, in undergrad, we're seeing people that are going to school for like management information systems, um, business degrees, starting to look at this as a field. There's always the opportunity to do internships. Um, that's that is coming up more and more. Um, we're also seeing people that take their undergrad and go get a master's degree in business analytics. And again, that's another kind of good gateway into the foundation, the, the, the FedOps field. Um, the foundation is partnering with Cornell University students right now. They're working on a project of how they might reduce the environmental impact of public cloud. Um, so it's interesting that we're starting to see more educations get into this topic and, and, and use it for research. Um, I think that's a good way for if you're coming right out of school. I think if you're entry level, I'm just going to encourage you to apply. There are a lot of entry level things. There are things that say three to five years. And, you know, if you're the right candidate, you'll be in there. I think a good place to start is getting your cloud certification, uh, you know, plug. There is a FinOps Foundation a certification as well um, to get as a good foundation as well. I, I think reading the articles that are out there, there's just a wealth of information now. Um, we talked about this earlier of like, you can go out there and see what some of the vendors are sharing as thought leaders. You can see what some of the SaaS tools are sharing as thought leaders. I mean, just soak in all of that information. And again, goes back to like being curious. Um, you can find mentors in this place. You, you search LinkedIn and type in the word FinOps and you'll probably find someone that has that job title. Reach out to them and ask to do an interview about what the day in the life is. And it's just a great way to make a connection. Yeah, nice. I mean, when I got into my, I started in networking and there was actually a vendor's, 
networking course in my university. I got exposure to it. I love it. I got into networking. So it's good that there is that injection into like education institutions to actually do FinOps. Um, one interesting thing when, when we, my previous job when I built out Well Architected Labs, we were looking at things like who's actually using the labs. And yes, there were more than a couple um, US universities, colleges that were actually, all of a sudden we see this massive spike like, why are 50 people all of a sudden all looking at these labs all at once? It was from a university, from a college. Wow. So the labs were actually being used in a college setting as a tool to learn about the cloud, which um, I was just personally proud of. And like, that's where we need to be to in those young minds to get them the exposure. That was a good thing. Um, and one thing in terms of getting into it, if you don't have FinOps in your place, I'm, I'm one that always begs for forgiveness. A bit of skunk works. <laughs> Learn about FinOps and have a bit of a pick and a poke at your own workplace. Maybe do a bit of FinOps at your workplace if no one else is doing it. See if you enjoy it and see how it goes in your workplace as well. Yeah, that's a good point. I was also want to join in. I love those labs. And I um, uh, that was one of my, when I brought a new hire on, I said, go do the labs. <laughs> so it's a good place to start. Yeah, all about good quality education uh, and making it accessible. I think that's something that it's rapidly evolving. Um, I get a bit grumpy. Every now and then there's duplication and differing of opinions. But the fact that so much information, I think you land in the field, you're not going to be left alone struggling to, to find ideas and things to do. There is a good amount of content for anyone starting. Yeah. All right, so we will take a quick break for the mailbag. This is where we answer the questions and any feedback that you have about the previous episode. So if you do have any questions for Ashley uh, or myself, you can reach out feed, uh, fitopsfridays at aptio.com. So over to the mailbag. Alrighty, and welcome to the mailbag. This is where we answer the questions and queries that you have from the previous episode of FinOps Fridays. Uh, this was Metrics That Matter with Eric. So first question. Uh, it's cool to see that others aren't just focused on reducing costs, but how the cloud is improving unit economics. How do you get engineers to care about costs? Uh, how do you get anyone to care about certain aspects of the job in an organization? I would definitely say there's some good and easy, quick hacks. Build that culture. Things like you know interviews, when people go for jobs at your organization, make sure you ask them FinOps questions. Job descriptions, make sure it's in everyone's job description to set that expectation that in your organization, FinOps is something that is practiced by everyone. We've got that great saying in IT, security is everyone's responsibility. In the cloud, FinOps needs to be everyone's responsibility. So make sure you've got good, strong messaging. And of course, things like KPIs. If you expect somebody to do it as part of their job, make sure they're measured on it. And you've got some sort of carrot stick reward system there as well. If people are building systems that keep getting hacked or keep going down, is there a disciplinary action around that? Are they poorly performing in their job? The same thing needs to be applied to FinOps. If they're building systems that are just bleeding you dry because of the money that they're wasting. They're not efficient. Well, what's you know is that a performance problem? How do you actually address that? Second question, uh, how often should you review the unit economics with your cross-functional peers? Great question. I dare say it's gonna be dependent upon how much that workload changes or is evolving. If it's a legacy system that has no changes and it's just sitting there doing the same thing, I would probably say do something like a yearly, bi-yearly, quarterly check-in just to make sure. 
Uh, if, there, if it's a new workload, if it's constantly evolving, you're adding features and functionality to it more frequently. So think about how much it's changing. What is it actually doing? If that changes, then you should potentially change the unit economics as well. Uh, potentially think about the operational aspects. Are you monitoring? Are they changing the way it's monitored? That's probably a good indicator to think that maybe you need to change the way that you're measuring the value as well. Uh, what are some of the resources that are available to learn more? Uh, there was recently the TBM conference that was held in Austin. There was a great session by Mallory around that. So you can actually log on to that conference virtually and watch those sessions. Also, the FinOps Foundation has some documentation. One of the domains is measuring unit costs. So some great starting points to start to get into it. Otherwise, do the couple of quick searches on the usual video media platforms. Look at vendor presentations as well. There's always a few sessions around this over the last two years. So do some searching from the main vendors at some of their large conferences. What are some examples of unit economics that I commonly see? It's going to vary depending on you know every unit organization and every workload is potentially going to be different. Things like how much does it cost to serve a web page or you know, think about what the workload actually does. A better way to probably answer this is to how do you actually start to build it out? I would say start very, very high level. What's the total number of business outcomes from a workload for the month? And what's the total cost of that workload per month? Start there. Don't try and boil the ocean and build a really complex system and categories and everything. Just get started and iterate as it delivers value. So start with total outcomes, total dollars for the entire thing. Take that next step. Is there different types of outputs, maybe different types of requests coming in, premium, non-premium subscribers, things like that, and start to add a little bit more categorization before you start to add granularity. So different types of requests, different types of outputs, um, then you can start to step into things like different workload cost components. What's the front end versus the back end versus the database costs? And then start to go into things like hourly granularity. That's going to be something that potentially blows out your data set, makes it a little bit harder. So start to get more business insight before you go for the technical details. So that is it for today's mailbag for FinOps Fridays. If you've got any questions, if you're watching on YouTube, you can put them below, or you can also reach out to us, finopsfridays at appdio.com. Back to the show. And welcome back to the episode. Thanks for the mailbag questions. Uh, and we're just about to finish off with uh, a few last questions for Ashley. Ashley, in terms of career progression, you know, it still is a very new field. It's not as though we've got an enormous depth of role. Once we're in and we're doing FinOps early days, uh, is this started? We're starting to see some trends in terms of career progression. Uh, you mentioned things like there's different specialties you can go in. Is there like different vertical levels within the FinOps role? Yeah, there's both. I think there um, we see the intern and then someone comes in as an associate that typically is more of the tactical work that we talked about before. Um, when you see someone that is then maybe like more titled, um, they're taking a chunk or an ownership, whether that's in, you know, I'm taking this part of the business, I'm taking this capability and running with it. 
Um, and then you move into senior where you're seeing a lot more leadership, um, a lot more thought leadership. So how we can be more creative about solving forecasts via automation or piloting this tool. Um, and then there's also the managing. So if you have a large enough team, you may need a manager underneath it. Um, uh, directors, but an, a, another title that's come up as well. Um, and then I think what you can do beyond that is maybe you're leading a, an entire cloud business office, or maybe you're leading leading a team that kind of splits in multiple ways. Uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, you know encouragement for finance to tackle SaaS, and so maybe you've got an element that's tackling more SaaS. Um, where I was at when I left Pearson is we were really good at FinOps for AWS. We had hardly touched GCP. It was a much smaller spend for us. And so now I was looking at, am I going to build a FinOps team that only covers G, you know, G, 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 GCP? Excuse me. Am I going to hire a team that only covers GCP or do I need to upskill and train my existing team to know GCP? That's a big lift too. It's a one thing to know, you know, how to do FinOps and know the services here, but to do it over there to understand the new terminology. Um, and so there, there's a lot of different verticals and horizontals that you can go within it as well, which, which I think is um, uh, neat. I think for me, what was always important is um, building like whatever that senior practitioner would look like. I would want them to be able to walk into any other company and know how to execute on the capabilities. And so that, that's something that's important for me is that the titling is right and that we're seeing that consistency across the industry too. Yeah, interesting. And it sounds, am I correct in saying that there's not a, you did mention things like an associate. Is there like, you know, a senior director of FinOps or all those sort of job titles out there or maybe, maybe not? No, they're definitely out there. Um, there's a jobs.finops.org is a jobs board. Actually, in the last 30 days, we've posted roughly 53 jobs, and you can see a variety of job um, titles that are out there, and they are leveled like that. And then there's also where maybe it's you know you're a, you're a senior FinOps analyst, you're a principal FinOps engineer, and so we're seeing even um, more specialization. Um, I had hired a BI developer at one point, um, so that was like a, a kind of a one-off title for that individual. Yeah, nice. And as Ashley said before, um, you, you, you do get to sit at the big end of town, the table there with the C-level execs. So in terms of depth of role, I, I think FinOps does definitely provide that sort of exposure and that sort of progression throughout the career as well. Um, what Once you become an established FinOps professional, are there some specific areas of depth that are very, very common that, hey, you know, things like you know, analytics, the, the data side of things, uh, what are those main ones? Yeah, that's a good question. I think you definitely start to see people hone in on things where they really become su subject matter experts in. Um, uh, one that comes to mind, uh, two of them come to mind right now is unit economics. It's very popular and we're starting to see businesses do it. Um, but but it's only like maybe, you know, a small proportion right now. And so those people that are early out, early thought leaders, they're definitely those subjects. Um, sustainability is another great topic that's rising right now. And um, for me, it's always a complicated, uh, you know, feels above my head conversation, but it's very impressive to see the people that are in FinOps roles that have really narrowed down into like um, understanding it um, and then understanding the terminology and wanting to become uh, the people that set the high bar of what that looks like at a, at a very high maturity. Nice, nice. And are there particular areas uh, within the FinOps specialty that people look at things like, you know, commitment discounts, forecasting, mm -hmm. budgeting, are they the other specialties as well? Is there any sort of more FinOps specific ones? Yeah, I think uh, definitely people that are um, 
doing all of your commit purchases. Uh, that typically be, tends to be a specialized specialized role to know the ins and sides of, out of that, especially if you're doing it multi-cloud. Um, there's also forecasting specialists. So what is the modeling that you're using? Um, why did you choose to use that modeling? Are you changing that? Um, that that's another one. Um, there is also a uh, high specialty um, in actually efficiency engineering and working with engineers to, uh, you know, uh, actually build the first time through right versus hitting it on the back end with doing optimization. And so that's people that are, you know, probably have a little bit more of that like architecting mindset, but sit within the FinOps team that can kind of get ahead of it. Um, that's another role that we see. Nice. And because it is that fusion of tech and finance and business, there's specialties in all three of those domains that you could sort of branch out in, in FinOps as well. Yeah, exactly. There's no shortage nice. of things to learn. <laughs> <laughs> But at, at the at the same time, like if I look at my previous role in the cloud, and it was there was always so much from a technical perspective. Like you're always learning. There's always new things. For some people, that was overwhelming. The amount of new stuff. Whereas FinOps, there's a lot of things, but you don't have to to survive. You can specialize, or you can sort of play in a specific area. Things like data analysis to still be effective as well. Yeah, and that's a good thing to call out. I think when people start to build their teams and, um, you know, we see on average, you know, teams about five to eight is what we kind of got back on our survey that people are forming. And a lot of them are expecting to add another three to four in this next year. Um, and the thing is, they are really building these very well-balanced teams where you do have someone that is skilled, you know, more more engineering mindset, um, more program management mindset, uh, more tactical mind, right? And so you're building these teams so you can really get economies of scale for the work that they're putting out. Um, if you're going to find that 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 FinOps unicorn that uh, what, that uh, that can do it all, right? Um, you're going to pay a lot for it, <laughs> and, and they're rare. So I think that's the the thing that we're seeing is a lot of building it. Nice Excellent. or consulting it too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, so that is it for this episode. If you've got any feedback, you've got any questions to myself or Ashley, you can reach out at finopsfridays at aptio.com. Um, Ashley, anything to plug? Where can people find out more about talent? You mentioned some resources around things like skills, things like pay, the job board. Um, yeah, give us a quick plug. What's out there for people that want to further their careers or look at this as a career in the IT field? Yeah, so I would just say go to Finance Foundation. Um, when it comes to the talent development side of things, there are scholarships that we offer so you can get trained. There are mentorship programs so you can network and find and connect with people. Um, and then there's certifications so you can upskill as well. So check it all out. It's all out on the website. Excellent. Thank you very much, Ashley. And that is a wrap for this episode. So I hope you enjoyed and stay tuned for the next one. Thank you. Thanks. So that is it for another episode of FinOps Fridays. If you have any questions or feedback on this episode or would like to learn more, please feel free to reach out to us at finopsfridays at aptio.com. Also like and subscribe to get updates for future episodes. 